When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it. And he's over. Yeah. Rachel Harris. He grabbed it with five seconds to go and scores. Ricochet out there off of Jack Tatum and into the man of the year, Franco Harris's hands. When you talk about Christmas miracles, here's a miracle of all miracles. Steelers great Franco Harris died Wednesday at the age of 72. The Hall of Fame running back's death comes two days before the 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception that you just saw. The iconic play that helped vault the Steelers into one of the NFL's elite franchises and three days before his number 32 was to be retired by the team. Harris won four Super Bowls with the Steelers, and this hit especially close to home in the Steelers facility where Mike Tomlin reflected on Harris's legacy. Um, this organization, this community, uh, the football world, uh, we lost a, a great one in Franco Harris. And so um, obviously we're all heartbroken, um, but we, um, we do look forward to honoring him um, and his legacy this weekend. And, and obviously um, where our attention needs to be is on the preparation required to put together the type of performance uh, that's fitting of, of a great man like Franco. I'm an advocate of giving people uh, their flowers while they're here. And I meant what I said yesterday. Um, you know, I just admire and love the man. Um, and so much to be learned from him in terms of how he conducted himself, how he embrace the responsibilities of being Franco um, for Steel Nation, for this community, um, you know, for the Penn State uh, followers. Um, he embraced it all and did it with such grace and class and, and patience uh, and time for people. I developed a friendship with him. And um, every time I got to talk to him, he always had a smile on his face. Um, and, you know, you could talk about the, the player he was on the field. Um, and without him, you know, there is no dynasty um, because, you know, he kind of, you know, was a jumping, po jumping off point for that group. Uh, but then you talk about the man off the field um, and to know that uh, the standard was set with guys like him. Franco Harris ran for over 12,000 yards in his career. At the time of his retirement, following the 1984 season, he had the third most rushing yards by any player, trailing only a pair of fellow Hall of Famers in Walter Payton and Jim Brown. Reaction poured in throughout the day from Steelers greats and NFL legends. I remember Franco as just a wonderful individual. I mean, he was so special because he knew uh, how to... Uh, welcome you in. He was such a, a a huge figure, but he knew how to just ingratiate himself with you to make you feel comfortable because you know you knew you were talking to a legend. Uh, but he was just he was just so every day 
He was so kind, generous. I just remember him uh, my first year in Pittsburgh, and he decided to have lunch with me. And I'm saying to myself, you know, who am I? I'm this young running back. And he befriended me, and I was just in awe of him. And I actually told him that I was I was not a Steeler fan growing up as a kid, and I actually hated him. Uh, and he laughed it off, and he said, well, now you got to love me. And and that's when our relationship really took off. He was a special man, and uh, I'll never forget him. Franco, for all the superstars, right, and you've met a ton, and we all have, was about the most humble, decent, kind, giving. You know, he was much more than this brute of a running back. He, on offense, epitomized the Steelers on defense and the Steelers' grit and really the Steelers city. Crunch time, you know, one-yard run, 15-yard run, immaculate reception. Franco was always there for the Steelers. And playing for that organization was somebody that, uh, you know, you saw in the hallways every day for four years uh, with the championships and the accolades and, and the history you know, and what he embodied as a player to that community and that city uh, and, and his passing after the, the 50th anniversary of such a historic play. So, you know, there, there's, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people that make an impact on, in this game, players and coaches and, you know, everybody alike. So uh, I know that he was beloved in that organization and that fan base and certainly will be missed. Woke up this morning with the sad news of the passing of Franco. Um, so many times people say, Franco was a legend, or a person was a legend. No, Franco is a legend and always will be. Um, more than just on the football field, too. Um, such an unbelievable man, um, friend. Um, so proud to be able to call him that. Um, today was a, was a deep blow, not only to myself personally, but I think to a Steeler Nation, just because what he epitomized uh, being a, a Steelers football player, but what he meant to the entire state of Pennsylvania and, of course, uh, what he meant to the city of Pittsburgh. He's someone that I've idolized as a, as a player, but, you know, more than that, I idolize as a great human being. And he taught me so much about uh, giving back to the community. And even when we were out, like, he would always get bombarded with, with, with autographs and stuff, but he was always gracious to everyone, took his time to take photos and, and, and really just – get to shake everyone's hand. So as I'm sitting back and watching them, that's who I thrive to be, and that's who I want to be. I want to be like Uncle Franco. Steelers President Art Rooney II released a statement saying, quote, it is difficult to find the appropriate words to describe Franco Harris's impact on the Pittsburgh Steelers, his teammates, and the city of Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation. From his rookie season, which included the Immaculate Reception, through the next 50 years, Franco brought joy to people on and off the field. He never stopped giving back in so many ways. He touched so many, and he was loved by so many. Our thoughts and prayers are with his wife, Dana, and his son, Doc, and his extended family at this difficult time. Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears here today. And Dan, I know you were too young to actually watch yeah. him play, but his legacy did impact your love for the game. How so? Yeah, I mean, that play, the Immaculate Reception, was like one of my first football memories as far mm -hmm. as like what football was. You know, that play happened in December 23rd of 72. So 
shoot, we're two days away from a 50 year anniversary of it, but I was born in 83, so I was 10 years old even after this play happened, but that play was in that grouping of plays for me that when I started to really like fall in love, love with football, it was like the immaculate reception, then it was, you know, the drive with Elway, it was Dwight Clark's, Dwight Clark's the catch, um, Montana, Doug yep. Flutie's Hail Mary, you know, it was like those plays that I remember when I started being a kid of falling in love with football, it was one of those plays that you just saw so many different times. He's obviously one of the more memorable moments and uh, people that the NFL ever had. Yeah, I think, look, man, it, it, it is uh, always sad. I, as, a, as a NFL, guys that participated and had the opportunity to play in the league, you feel community. Like, regardless of if you were a different team and you never got met guys in person. And I ran into Frank a couple times, never had Franco a couple times, never had any extended conversation. But the thing that I've noticed today is that, yeah, we put the graphic up there of yards and we talk about the immaculate uh, reception, but I, everybody speaks to his character. And I think that's the way you want to be remembered. I yeah. think that's been the most um, eye-opening and learning experience for me is it's been a constant incoming of how he treated people. Yeah. And I think more importantly, you know, we get – Obviously, we do our job and we love these players and we remember them for their legacy on the field. We talk about numbers and stats on this show. We try to educate people about football. But ultimately, I think when something like this happens, as e even as sad as it is, the fact that his peers and the people that had an opportunity to interact with him talk about the man that he was. Yeah. And I think when we all pass and we all leave this earth, I think that's the thing we would prefer people remember about us and how we treated them. Mm. And that's, I learned a lot about that today from the people that knew him personally. That was, that was, that was really good to hear and see. It's the true definition of a legacy is who you were as a man, who you were as a human being. I thought what Heinz Ward said was so poignant that he just wanted to be like Uncle Franco. Mm -hmm. Franco Harris remembering his legacy, remembering the man that he was. And as you heard Ben Roethlisberger say, the legend still lives on. More NFL Live after the break. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Philadelphia Eagles with the best record in the NFL at 12-1. He's robbed A.J. Brown on third down today. Looks his direction. He's got him again. Just so strong, so powerful with the quickness. And so the Eagles are going to hang on here. Move to 13 and 1. Breaking news related to Jalen Hurts. Has a sprained shoulder, and his status for Saturday against the Cowboys is uncertain. I think this is huge news. Completely changes the way defenses can play them. Jalen Hurts is probably going to be the difference in that game. 
everybody knows that I'm dealing with something. I think that's pretty public. I don't put anything past Jalen Hurts um, as far as his mental and physical toughness. So there's a chance he could play this week. Let's get an update on Jalen Hurts' injury. Gardner Minshew, you see him out there at practice today. He got most of the reps. In fact, there was actually no sign of Jalen Hurts during the media portion of practice. It's Wednesday, but remember the Eagles game against the Cowboys is Saturday, so it is a short week. Here's offensive coordinator Shane Steichen on the quarterback situation. He's day-to-day, -day, but he's feeling great, um, and if he's ready to go, he'll go. Um, and that's where it's at. If Gardner's out there, we got all the confidence in the world in him. He's a smart, competitive guy that understands the game. So um, if he has to play, again, have all the confidence in the world that he can go out and compete at a high level. So let's bring in a very busy ESPN Eagles reporter, Tim McManus. And Tim, you've been in the locker room these last two days. What are the players saying about Gardner Minshew? Hey, Lar. In fact, I just got out of the locker room, and according to the players, Gardner Minshew had himself a day on the practice field. I asked tight end Dallas Goddard about it, and he thought about it for a second and said, I don't know if the ball hit the ground during the entire practice. So a good start for Minshew with Hurts sideline with that shoulder injury. The play of the day, according to one teammate I talked to, came on a pressure. So the Eagles defense blitzed Minshew. He rolled out and on his back foot threw a dime on a crosser to one of the tight ends. According to cornerback Avante Maddox, he said, Minshew is that guy. You know, they talk about him differently than you would normally talk about a number two quarterback. It's like the, the Minshew legend, the Minshew mania has helped solidify his spot, as has his actions since he's been here. And, you know, he's set up really well for success. As Goddard told me, he said, if I were Minshew, I'd be licking my chops to have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown to throw to, to be working behind this offensive line. And the closer we get to Saturday, the, the more it's looking like Minshew time here in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's a good point about what surrounds him, Tim. And the other thing, too, is we all know Minshew's already proven himself at the NFL level. So we'll keep an eye on this. Thanks to Tim in Philadelphia for the latest there. Let's dive into the matchup on the other side of the ball where the Cowboys are going to have their hands full with this Eagles defense. Man, Philly has at least six sacks in three straight games, giving them 55 for the season. That's the most sacked by any team through 14 games of a season since the 2000 Saints. The Eagles secondary has capitalized on that pass rush as they lead the NFL with 15 interceptions. Isn't it nice when it works that way? Like the backing can benefit off those guys in the front. Do you get a little bit of a Carson Wentz, Nick Foles vibe just from You're that just, report right there from Tim? Just like you, how, you are trying to push that, but I no, I, I'm not. I'm saying like when he when he's like right. you don't usually hear people talk about talk this way about a backup quarterback. Yeah. I just remember hearing. Everyone Some say that about stuff, the Super yeah. Bowl run. There is oh. definitely a parallel, Dan. I'll give you that. It's just when you bring up Carson Wentz, we have to. <laughs> anyway, Marcus, if you're on a defense <laughs> and you know that your team's starting quarterback is out, how does that affect you? Yeah, human nature is like we need to elevate our game. Right. Right. Like everybody needs to. But what more are you going to do? This unit is playing well. I yeah. think the, I think it, it, it's more of a psychological thing and the, why I feel good about Philly's defense not trying to overdo anything is because this is a veteran-led group, right? Fletcher Crocs up front. You talk about Josh Sweat. You talk about Hassan Reddick. Guys on the back end with Darius Slay and Bradbury. Like, this group is not going to change their identity. They've been experiencing a lot of success. Will they be in more critical situations? Possibly. If the offense is not operating and moving at a high level, yeah. they didn't, like, go crazy scoring last week and they got to the tune of six sacks. I think this defense will be fine. If you had a group of young guys, you probably would have 
more of an issue about their approach. Right. But I think the veteran presence on this defense, it, they go, they are going about their business like they're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that changes with Minshew coming in. Dan, it is the holiday season. I owe you an apology. That was harsh of me. For many there, things, there not is a, just no, no, the last just for this. Uh, there, there is a parallel. We He's apologizing right. now. Well, I am just personally this one time. I'm not doing it again. Don't ever do it on okay, camera, take us ahead to Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper Rush was the starting quarterback the last time these two teams met back in week six for the Cowboys. Is there anything you could take away from that game, though, if you're the Eagles defense? Unsolicited. What happened in that second half better for Dallas? What did they do offensively better? Ran the ball. Okay, so yeah. not only in that game in the second half did they run the football better, but going back and watching it, there was one very specific formation that they got into that they had a lot of success. And if I'm Dallas and I'm Kellen Moore, I'm coming out running the ball in this 3 by 0 formation. A little bit of that extended bunch. We call it O because that's a tight end at the bottom of the screen. And they ran basically down the right side of their offensive line. And the Eagles really struggled to like match it. You know, like there's that 3 by 0 wide and bunch, tight end by himself. Everybody's outside the box. And I think the thing that showed a lot in this situation was the secondary for the Philadelphia Eagles had to be the guys that were tackling. There it is again. These are all in the second half. There's six of them in total. We can only do three on television where they just got in the gun, that extended bunch, handed the ball off, and it was Bradbury having to make a tackle. It was Darius Slay having to make a tackle. If you're the Cowboys, it's like how many different ways can I get in that formation? Maybe sometimes aligning it, motion yeah. to it. Right. Get in and Let's see if they fixed it. Let's see if Philadelphia has fixed their alignment and then kind of getting the ball to that unblocked defender. Leo, everything you said is right. I think the most important thing you said is removing guys from the box, right? Yeah. Because you pressure linebackers and you pressure D linemen to actually play technique instead of taking chances because one guy out of their gap may give up a 20-yard game. Yeah. And I think the Dallas Cowboys, to your point, just this game, but specifically going forward, they need to find number advantages in the line of scrimmage, right? We talk about the struggles of Dak and the turning the football over. This run game is how they're going to go. I absolutely expect expect to see this uh, this That's, formation. I would, absolutely. and I wonder how they I wonder how they're going to respond. And they to could it. do it out of all their different personnel yeah. too. Multiple, yeah. what was it, the multiple three, backs. The three by O. Well, three when he o. was saying it, I was like, he going to the three by O <laughs> formation. You knew it. You I, knew that. Yeah, he had a little, yeah, yeah he was ready that. with it. Yeah. You three missed that. So I wanted you to know. All right, we watched tape. Let's just talk about the Cowboys a little bit more. Hey, big reason why the Cowboys lost to the Jaguars Sunday was Jacksonville's defense. The Jags had three sacks in the game. And Trayvon Walker, their number one overall pick, a part of that defensive dominance. But now to a developing story, okay? Reporting from Adam Schefter today, you won't see Trayvon Walker tomorrow night against the Jets. The Jags have ruled Walker out due to an ankle injury. So... We'll keep an eye on that and certainly this defense has been great with him and they'll be great potentially without him boys because there's so much that you have to think about when you think about the Jaguars defense take it away with a little bit more well I think this D Jaguars defensive line does one thing certainly as good as anybody in the NFL and that's kind of getting off the line of scrimmage and engaging with someone and then changing the gaps okay yeah. so this first clip, I want everyone to pay attention to it. I really want Marcus to teach. Now, this left defensive tackle, this is where I kind of hear the phrase or know the phrase engage, right? The Cowboys are going to run the football, and there's no horizontal move. Like, see that engagement right there? Yep. That defensive tackle is completely locked in. Talk to everybody at home about that initial strike, that initial gauge yep. by these defensive tackles. Let me also do this, Dio. The, the, the step initially from the defensive tackle, you see this foot that's extended right here? Yes. Your D-line coach, when you go into the meeting, room and saying that's a bad step okay but to your point 
the engagement, okay. and the ability to not panic. Right. That's the most important part of this play. Yeah. He did not panic by because he's reached. Right. In any game, you're reached. You're but meaning that, that that tackle's trying to get on his outside. That tackle's trying to get on his outside okay. shoulder, and right here it looks like he's won. But don't panic. Exactly. And what you're and, talking about. And this about, is Marcus for yes. me. Like for I want you guys to. I want everyone to see this. Like this. That moment there of that press. Yes. Right where they were just locked helmet to helmet. Yep. Like that's what stands out to me as an offensive guy. They're locked helmet yep. to helmet. And they are no longer that press. We used to, in, in the D-line room, we used to say, misstep, get physical. And okay. that's exactly what you're talking about with that press. Now, I can actually play two gaps here, right? Because now my extension allows me to get him away from my body. This inside gap is taken away where I probably shouldn't be initially. Right. But now I still can cross face if need be because I do have that extension on, on my uh, offensive guard. So you have that engage. Absolutely. Then you have that press. Yep. Now, is this the finding of, because you're saying both gaps is that where he's trying to find where the ball is going no through bouncing it? I guarantee you after you play this play out this vision right here forces him not to get impatient young defensive linemen they'll just take that gap and get reached and think that somebody's gonna scrape over but you see how he turns this ball back in right now look at this picture right now would you rather have this yeah or would you rather have him take that gap inside and have that lane right there? Right, right, right. That's exactly what we So him happen. finding that, that oh, finding the football is a big deal. Not so there's that pressing and finding the ball. There's that engaged press and find. The next yep. thing is we talk about changing the picture all the time in football. Mm -hmm. and we often correlate it to like a secondary with a quarterback, yep. right? Showed you cover two and rotated to cover three. So everybody at home, I'm going to teach you guys a little bit about gaps, right? This is called the A gap between yep. the center and the guard. This is the B gap, and that's the C gap, and then another gap would be the D, right? So this defensive tackle is responsible for the A, this guy linebacker-wise responsible for that B, and this defensive end is responsible for the C gap, right? So that's yep. that pre-snap picture that's going on. Now, I want everyone to pay attention to the change of the picture that that defensive line is going to show you. What happens is the ball gets snapped is you're going to watch this defensive end go become the B gap player, excuse me, you go become the B gap player, that linebacker is going to scrape over the top and become that C gap. Yep. Like, see how hard that is? Absolutely. They do that movement so constantly. Why? The old, go back to the beginning, all right? This is gorgeous, by the way. Go back to the beginning, and now, now, when they flip Tony Pollard, yeah. right, we are now, we now can exchange gaps because the outside run won't be on us as much. When they put this over here, this D tackle over, this defensive end triggered. All right, the ball might be going that way. Let me get here earlier. My backer can scrape. This so you're was talking phenomenal. about the back hopping. Does the that back hopping has a has an effect on both of these guys. So they see the gaps on purpose. He was initially thinking, I'm going to bump down. Right. I'm going to bump down. No, no, no. We'll exchange. You become me. I'll become you and we still good but this offensive tackle doesn't know that right see that's such a big deal for me as an offensive person look at that collision Take right the there I'm blocked it's, it's and gorgeous. I think this Jacksonville defensive line does those two things as good as anybody in football and it's going to be a reason why I think that's a big key tomorrow night against the Jets no offense. Doubt. they do it very well no doubt we'll keep an eye on it hey coming up next what in the world is going on in New England my goodness coming off their wild loss on Sunday Dan's going to tell you exactly what's wrong with this Patriots offense. You don't want to miss that. It's next on NFL Live. Come on back over, boys. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. 
Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The NFL is headed back to Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl games featuring new skills challenges and the first ever AFC versus NFC flag football game. That's going to be turned. It's going to be We're fun. Gonna be We're going to be there. We say that every time, as we should. To see your favorite players at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on Sunday, February 5th, scan that QR code you see on your screen right now and visit ProBowl.com slash tickets. The Countdown Crew has you covered for Week 16, a special Saturday edition at 10 a.m. Eastern. And then the Monday Night Countdown Crew gets you set for Chargers Colts at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. 37 seconds to go, down a touchdown. Snap to Carr, taking an end zone shot. seconds to go. Stevenson up the middle, drops it behind to Jacoby Myers who circles, laterals it. It's picked up by Jones, going the other way. He runs to the end zone. Unreal. It's a miracle in Las Vegas. I mean, I've seen that multiple times, including live, and it still gets crazy. Bro, that's like pulling the slot machine lever. <laughs> Have you and seen the all 22 of you? Yeah. Man, to all 22 of you, you go like see the coaches on the sideline, you see the players. Hunter Henry saw it happening before anybody else saw it happening. It was wild. So, Dan, your biggest issue with all this, because um, everyone's got an opinion, my, actually has nothing to do yeah. with the way they lost. There, there's more to it, right? Predictability. This, this is the most predictable offense in the NFL right now. You guys remember at the beginning of the season, we did this stuff on the Carolina Panthers with the alignment of the alignment back, right? Of back, yep. So last week, this team was under center for 23 snaps. 22 out of those 23 snaps ran the ball. Were run. <laughs> they were in the in, and this, Come so on, this is excluding this is excluding inside the five yard line, so goal line or two minute drill, okay? Because that was part of that game, two minute drill. They were in the they, they were in the gun for 40 snaps, excluding the two-minute drill, they were in for 34 regular snaps, okay? They threw the ball 31 out of those 34 snaps. So we're talking 22 out of 23 times underneath center, you run the ball, 31 out of 34 times you're in the gun, you throw the ball. Mm. This is, and this isn't just 
Like this is the small microcosm of what's been going on this season. 72% of the times that you line up under sender in non-goal line situations, you run the football. Almost 80% of the time when you're in the gun, you're throwing the ball. And you are a wildly different team success-wise from under center and in the gun. Under center, you're actually a pretty good efficient offense. Top five in the NFL. Shotgun, you're bottom 10 essentially. And the predictability, and I know there's a group of people, I get it, there's a camp of people who believe, ah, like whether, whether I know it's run or pass really doesn't change because I don't know what type of run or what type of pass. I don't believe in that. And I've talked to many defensive people who don't believe in that. You got one right here. <laughs> like, you know, You're like, woohoo, right? My point is this, Marcus. If I know it, you don't think the teams you're playing right. against know it? But, but you got to love it as a defense, we, right? It's we, so predictable. We analyze percentages in, on the defense weekly. <laughs> like, right. when they're in this formation, how many times do they run? When they lined up under center, this is football 101 preparing for a football game. Other thing is this, too, D.O., like, Look, man, I know it's blasphemous to say Bill Bel this is Bill Belichick's fault. Totally. All right. Now, we had a conversation coming into this season about this offensive coordinator situation. And, you know, I, I made jokes and was facetious about it, but it was a legit tryout between Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Right. Based on what we saw in the preseason, one guy calling plays in the first half, other guy calling plays in the second half, one guy calling plays for one quarterback, another guy calling <laughs> plays for a different quarterback. Yeah. And I know I know Bill Belichick's history, but we in 2022 right now. All right. This was an absolute failure totally. by him by not having an offensive guy or an offensive mind. Here's what I'll say, too. This is one of those rare occasions where you had all of the evidence Joe Judge offense was trash in New York. Right. Matt Patricia offense was bad in Detroit. This, to me, I, it's an anomaly, I believe, for Bill Belichick. I yeah. think it's a learning experience because I listen to so many people tell me, well, Bill Belichick's the coach, so the offense is going to be right. fine. No, no, they're not. No, I, I, I was talking with people today because uh, they asked uh, Bill Belichick at the end of the press conference today, you, is Mac Jones your starter for – you think going to Bailey Zappi is going to change those percentages? Mm. You gonna, what, you going to run the – you're going to throw the ball uh, once well, out of the, uh, underneath? Yeah, not right. to mention the fact it doesn't get any easier for the Patriots. They have the hardest remaining schedule in the NFL coming up. They got the Just Bengals. They got the Dolphins. They got the Bills at the Bills. All right. Let's check in on the injury report, guys, because there's some really important ones here. First, we go to Cincinnati, where Trey Hendrickson has been out with a broken wrist. They did get some good news yesterday as the defensive end was a full participant in practice for the first time since the injury. And Marcus, how important is he in the home stretch here for these Bengals that we really like? I mean, it's paramount. And you know what? I hate the injury because he's such a hand usage defensive lineman. Yeah. He uses his hands in his rut. He's a physical dude at the point of attack. And another one for me is also Sam Hubbard. Good like Sam Hubbard was the guy that they used in that drop coverage when they wanted to go three-man rush and put a D lineman in the center of the field to take away easy access throws. This is huge for the Bengals. This could change the outcome if these guys can't play at a high level. And now to Baltimore. Lamar Jackson remained out of practice again today. The Ravens quarterback hadn't practiced since injuring his knee back on December 4th. Dan, what do you make of the situation? The next six weeks for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are absolutely enormous. Because of what's transpired over the last two seasons with the depletion of talent because of the injuries last year, and then it showed again this year with Bateman and now Duvernay on IR, Lamar hasn't played well over the past couple weeks because of that, and now he's missed time. We're talking about a guy that, one, had this incredible Super Bowl window with his organization with mm. a really good team and a cheap contract, and two, now wants his new deal that he's absolutely earned 
And you're left in a limbo as an organization going, I don't know necessarily what to do because of what's happened at the end of this. And I hate saying that. I know. I just feel it's a reality. It's the reality. That, that's going to be a big topic in the offseason, by the way. Okay, let's get to O-line, D-line. Let's go in the trenches a little bit, boys. Bigs. Let's hit the trenches with the boys over there. Hey, O-line, hey, D-line. Hey, to my soul, I wanted to be an offensive lineman when I was a kid. You know, I wanted to be tough. So I wanted like to that. eat like the offensive lineman. I didn't. The matchup. Oh, we got him. Take it right down. Oh, my this goodness. This is a matchup of heavyweights. I'm in the trenches with wolves and the lions. It's safe, but I promise I'll always prevail. Dan only 140, right but he'll block your face off. Did you just say Dan's only 140? Dio, we waiting for our offensive and we defensive line to come up. You know what, technology, there it is. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, All right, let's go. go to our first matchup. Our first matchup is going to be Andrew Thomas versus Daniil Hunter for the Minnesota Vikings, New York Giants. Yeah, big matchup. This defense got to start playing better in Minnesota. Obviously, the pass rush is going to be good, but focus on stopping the run first, Minnesota. We know that the Detroit Lions are hot. I think Aiden Hutchinson belongs to be in that defensive rookie of the year conversation with Woolen and Sauce Gardner versus Iki Aquanu. Hutchinson top five in the NFL in QB pressure. Come on. Right? And, and we've seen the Carolina Panthers have some success with Darnold and offensively and things that they're doing. This will be a huge game and a huge matchup for two young stars. Lane Johnson, I think you're the best right tackle football. This is not be, to be disrespectful. Lane Johnson versus Micah Parsons, because I don't think they can win unless you have I think I saw game. something where Lane Johnson has 900-plus plays without giving up a sack. Is that good? Right. It, oh, my 900 God. 900 plays is a season. 900 plays. I think a it's two. Season. It's a full season or two or like one and a half. I saw that. Anyway, Micah Parsons understands, first of all, he got to play more discipline, right? We talk okay. about the greatness of Micah Parsons. This game is going to force you to have gap integrity, keep the outside when you need to keep the outside, and use speed around the edge because Lane Johnson, you are not running through his chest. All, did, all, all respect, I know you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Hassan Reddick has absolutely oh. played lights out football for the Eagles. He deserves to be up there. And he deserves to be up there because also he's he's done it on his own, but he also is surrounded by a lot of guys. So Tyron Smith, hands are full. You got you to gotta help with this outside pressure. And obviously, Tyron is thought of as one of those big-time offensive tackles that the whole entire offense gets better yeah. by his presence. But the way that the Philadelphia Eagles are rushing the passer right now, this job is at a premium more than ever. America, did you think that we would put a Dolphins offensive lineman <laughs> as the most important guy? Robert Hunt, a guard for the Dolphins. 100%. He's playing really good time, big-time football versus Kenny Clark, yeah. who showed up. Buddy. Last game against the Los Angeles. Well, first Rams. of all, they need to start giving big fellas caused interceptions because he absolutely did for he, Baker Mayfield. That's a touchdown. In the game. It's a touchdown, that. absolutely. And then, too, like this Miami Dolphins offensive line, thank God Mike McDaniel decided, you know what? We're going to lean into this run game right. a little bit. It helps those guys up front, it helps them in pass protection. This will be a tremendous matchup because pressure in the middle of the pocket against Tua, a, a shorter point. quarterback. Sometimes you got to be weary of that. Offensive line, defensive line, five matchups for the week. We're here at the big wall a lot no today, right? What I are we left. doing now? that big wall. I want to get over there. Hey, still to come, the commanders will be able to withstand the number one defense in the NFL. We'll find out. We're going to the film room. We're going to tell you why the 49ers defense may have stars, but the scheme is actually the stars. We got him snapping, today. but he's not on camera. Swag, give us a move. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Our week 16 Monday Night Football matchup has Justin Herbert and the Chargers taking on Jeff Saturday's Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium. 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the app. Coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown at 6. San Francisco! Intercepted and coming back the other way. Talanoa Hufanga. The ball is on. It is picked up. Red back the other way by Dre Greenlaw. Scoop and score. There's the snap. Pressure coming. And he's hit from behind Bosa. The shutout continues. It's that defense. The defense is that good. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, uh, the 49ers have won seven straight games anchored by their defense, which hasn't allowed more than 17 points in any of those games. It's the third time in franchise history that the 49ers have allowed 17 or fewer points in seven straight games within a season. And as you might guess, in each of those previous two instances, San Francisco went on to win the Super Bowl. It wasn't just that they were in it. They won the whole thing. All right, so we're in the film room. Which I, means we're, I do too. We should be in here more. We're about to get smarter, y'all. So, Marcus, you're going to play the role of professor here. Yeah. So you got your big glasses on today. Teach us something First about the 49ers. First of all, let me ask you a formal apology. I talked about the opponents that uh, San Francisco played. Has nothing to do with the way they play defense. Okay. So let me get to this, man. First of all, I want you guys to watch this motion that comes across, right? This motion Lockett. from Lockett okay. coming across. And I'm going to stop it here. This right here, once Lockett crosses the center's face. Yeah. Ufunga is going to what you call trigger, yep. right? They are going to switch jobs. Ward is going to take outside leverage, okay? And this, this play now turns into a pressure and a different coverage package that you have over here on the right side. Let me show you guys this again. I'm going to go back. Remember the word trigger. This is Ufunga right here. Remember this, this guy right here who I have spot shadowed. Once this motion gets across the center, he has to check first. Yeah. All right, see where Tyler Lockett is? Yeah. Now I trigger. My responsibility changes. Another guy has my responsibility with Lockett removing. And now, in this protection, this offensive tackle is right. This offensive tackle is right right here, who I'm going to spot shadow. He is the, the the protection is sliding to the yeah, right location. Putting, I got my center right guard. Absolutely. Right going the right. problem is the trigger happened and he never saw Ufunga come up and add an extra rusher right. to this situation. So now you get Ufunga off the edge. Gino has no idea because he believes that protection is set. Right. And you can see here with the offensive tackle, he's like, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't fan out enough. But if you look at this it blocking period, all right, let's do this, Dan. Let me let me do the let me do the count. Okay? Yeah. This is one, two, three, four, five offensive linemen. Yeah. You got five rushers. Right. Only problem is Ufunga hid back there and decided to trigger once wow. Tyler Lockett left. 
and now your protection is still right, but your offensive tackle can't get out there fast enough because you don't see the action of the trigger. They are the timing not of it. the timing. They are not only and the timing is so important because he he had to wait until Lockett crossed center's face. That's how we talk about it on defense. There are certain keys when we want to show and unshow on defense. It's landmarks. If you get motion, don't leave until he crosses behind the center. And now you get home. So not only is this about how well these guys are playing as individuals, this is why the talk about D'Amico Ryans mm. has picked up as far as being a head coach. He's figuring out a way not only how to use his personnel, but not have to really add a lot of guys to the blitz to create free hitters and free pressure. So one of the things that we offensive guys always like to do when we're at home is motion. Yeah. Because it forces communication by the defense. And the, the impressive thing that you pointed out was the timing of that by Hufanga. And I, Darius Butler, longtime NFL DB, always said that a quiet defense is a dead defense. Dead defense. And I can't imagine mm. the amount of communication that absolutely just to get that one guy to trigger it's phenomenal man it was littered with plays of me seeing scheme yeah hmm. free guys up yeah. or put you in great situations amazing time to read and react oh, guys as we carry oh, on God. news around the NFL Christmas time. we're gonna start in Miami where Mike McDaniel's focus is on Christmas time Dan uh, their game against the Packers at least we think that's what his focus is uh -oh. you don't want to have self-inflicted wounds because you're thinking about um, some games after uh, the next. So I believe there's two games after Green Bay. Um, they may or may not be in our division, but I don't know. Um, you guys would have to tell me. All I think of is I'm like one of your guys' children. In this time of year, all I think about is Christmas. Except this Christmas, there's a football game. <laughs> Marcus, for us. What was that? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> honestly, honestly, that's like sometimes we've all been there when you get a little lost when you're talking. He, happens to me he, every day. He needs boogie, to watch boogie. Boogie. First, Hey, listen, whatever, whatever Christmas you celebrate, no, whatever day, Mike McDaniel, just make sure <laughs> that you take care of AJ Dillon. <laughs> and Aaron Jones in this Green Bay offense. There you go. And you should have a Merry Christmas. You need to Those watch Christmas look Chronicle. interesting on you, so keep Jesus. them on. To New York next, Bro, where defensive coordinator cute. Wink Martindale made it. the comparison between him and the Vikings head coach Man, Kevin O'Connell crystal clear. Kevin does a great job calling the offense. I said it's unfair, you know. I'm the blue collar guy going against Harry Styles. You know, pretty good looking young guy, so. Uh, but I, I really like Kevin. I think he's done a great job of not only calling the offense, but the entire team. Uh, Dan, you are a noted One Direction historian. One. Do you think that's a nice comparison? Makes sense there? Oh, great One Direction song, Story of My Life. Don't, get, um, don't, don't sing get it. We're going to have to pay for Martindale's it. Martindale's life is pressured. So, Kevin O'Connell and that Minnesota offensive line, you better be able to protect the interior of your pocket. Also, great Harry Styles song. Late night talking. You're going to spend a lot Ooh, of late night talking one. figuring hey, out how to handle man. this protection. Hey, that's, good, Dan, that's good. Dan, you know what, man? You've had a lot of great moments. That could have been Emmy Award winning Is right Harry there. Is Harry Styles the dude that did the uh, garden the for like a Water month straight or something? He packed out the Madison Square Garden or something? Uh, I don't Is know. But style? literally, no, let me take Taylor you guys Swift. behind the curtain. No. Our producers are saying stop singing. He wear them guys, little tight like clothes. Dan, words. 
it doesn't matter. You're going to pay for it, and, and you, you are rich, but cool. you can't afford it. All right, so let's talk to this Harry game. Giants-Vikings, it's huge. One Tell year. me a little bit more about what we should look out for. Well, I, I mean, the reality is the Giants' defensive line is playing incredibly well. So you have a defensive line that individually is playing good, and then as a unit is playing good. So you have that capacity, but then also the ability to pressure versus a, an offense that has struggled picking up pressure consistently this year. If the yeah. Giants play to their strength, they've got a shot to hang in this game. Wink Martindale on the Giants defense has blitzed 43% of the time this season, by far the highest rate in the NFL. Okay, it's been a very sad day for the NFL with the loss of the legendary Franco Harris. We'll celebrate one of the game's best football lives when we come back. Thanks for being with us here today on NFL Live. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Back here on NFL Live, where we continue to honor the legacy of Steelers Hall of Famer Franco Harris, who died overnight. Harris was a part of one of the most famous plays in NFL history. Let's take a look back. I'm in the huddle. I'm saying no penalties. I mean, were you guys feeling like elated? Were you feeling scared? Were you feeling? No, we had to. We had to, man. Hang on to your hats. Here come the Steelers out of the huddle. I mean, we try to get all the help we can get, right? You bet. <laughs> and it was around Christmas time at that time. You know, my mom being from Italy. Didn't know that much about football. <laughs> and so my brothers and sisters, my dad, you know, they're watching the game. My mom's sitting in the kitchen and she knew something was wrong. So she went to her album collection and got her album, her Italian album, right? <laughs> and put it on. At the time of the Immaculate Reception, Ave Maria was playing. All right, here it is. Bradshaw running out of the pocket. Fires it downfield, and there's a collision. And that's caught out of the air by Franco Harris. It was crazy. Anything could have happened. Phil always said, Franco, you came out of the backfield, you were loafing, you were doing this <laughs> and doing that. I was supposed to be blocking. When Terry's scrambling, I'm leaving the backfield having no idea what I'm going to do. Franco Harris pulled the football. I don't even know where it came from. If I was one step later, if I was one step faster, it never would have happened. The timing was just immaculate, I guess you could say, right? It was right? immaculate. There you go. Franco Harris was in the right spot at the right time. And my brothers went into, Mom, Mom, Franco did it, and the Steelers won. <laughs> Franco did it. Ah! The place has And like my mom just calmly said, I know. Just like that. 
You had a happier moment in your life, right? I don't think so. I think this was it. The full episode, Franco Harris, A Football Life, premieres Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network.